So had Boudicca won, and here's what's interesting, is because at the time of her rebellion, Nero was afraid to, like if this was successful, he's like, maybe I'll just pull out of England altogether and, and leave them to themselves, because he had other issues. And the <laughs> yes, best... Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Dead bod history. What if? All right, welcome back to a, another episode of Dad Bod History, What If? And today we're going to look at one of the bodacious babes that we discussed uh, in episode two, titled Bodacious Babes. I'm Eric. And I'm Jake. And this is Dad Bod History. So Jake, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Hopefully you've prepared for it. Uh, I never prepare. <laughs> we know that uh, Bodica, Bodicea, the Iceni Celtic queen mm-hmm. um, of Britain who rebelled against the Romans in AD 1661 uh, came to an untimely end, although we're uncertain what that was, and she was eventually defeated by the Romans. Mm-hmm. So the question thrown out there is, uh, what if she defeats him? What if she repels the Romans out of Britain for good? Yeah, and, and just a, a tiny background in, in case you didn't listen to episode two, uh, much to your detriment, but we'll uh, press pause and go back. Yeah, and go listen, listen to it. Hour and come and seven back minutes, and then we'll be here. Uh, but Bodica was an Iceni queen, as Eric mentioned. Her husband Prasetagus died, and he tried to leave his kingdom, uh, which had nominal independence under, like, as a client king under Rome, to his two daughters and to Nero together, and to kind of try to keep that independence. Rome disagreed and proceeded to try to continue their conquest of Britain. Specifically with Boudicca, they scourged her, which means whipped her, and uh, violated or raped her daughters. And so she was able to stage a rebellion, her along with the Trinovantes, again, with other tribes in, in England, at the, well, not England, Britain at the time, were able to stage a somewhat successful rebellion in AD 60 and AD 61. Uh, they burned down what we now know as Colchester. They conquered or defeated uh, utterly the Ninth Legion, uh, Hispania, and also burned down what we now know as London, another Roman settlement, and were eventually defeated by Suetonius in AD 61. She died shortly thereafter, and Rome continued with their Romanization and conquest of Britain eventually. Uh, stopping at what we now know as Hadrian's Wall, which is kind of the de facto border of Scotland. But then Britain kind of changed uh, from a, a a land of loose confederation of these Celtic tribes and kingdoms and became Roman Britain. And what happened after that is is really interesting. In about 400 AD, Rome was having some problems maintaining their continental empire like France and Spain the 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 German tribes were invading and raiding across the Rhine and and just causing a lot of trouble so Rome was this was really the beginning of the decline of the empire for Rome and so eventually Rome pulled their garrison out of Britain which and they said I think the this memo is you guys basically need to see to your own defense which is not great for a, a conquered peoples <laughs> that have had spent 200 years not having to worry about their own defense. Um, the Romans just took care of everything. So Rome pulled out 
and that allowed the Picts and and the people north of Hadrian's Wall to begin incurring into what we now know as England, uh, and then across the sea, specifically two large tribes, one called the Saxons and the other the Angles, started to invade, and, and in fact they were invited over by the Britons to help them in defending against the Picts, and then the Saxons and Angles started to say, well, you know, we kind of like it here. And uh, and then they invaded, and and and, and the, the nation that we now know as England, because Angles, that's got turned into England, and, you know, uh, Wessex and Sussex and, and Essex are all named after the Saxons. Um, so England, as we know it, is, is not Britain, not Celtic Britain. So had Boudicca won, and here's what's interesting, is because at the time of her rebellion, Nero was afraid to, like, if this was successful, he's like, maybe I'll just pull out of England altogether and, and leave them to themselves, because he had other issues. And the yes, best... Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> so... And and I think, honestly, I think had she defeated this legion of Suetonius and pushed them out, I really don't think Rome would have conquered England again because I think they would have said it's not worth the trouble. Yes, we get some trade from England. We get some metal from them and, and some, um, I think they had like some fish and, and stuff from the sea that they were able to get from from England and, and some salt, but largely it wasn't like it was a, a really rich nation and they couldn't, there weren't enough people there to, to press them all into, into levy, into, into service, which is kind of a Roman thing, the, the slave trade that they had with newly conquered territories. So I, I think they would have pulled out much like the only other example I can think of off the top of my head is, is when, uh, Arminius of, of the German tribes united the Germans to defeat Varus, and that kind of stopped the Roman conquest of Germany. And so then they said the Rhine is our border um, to the northeast. And had Boudicca been able to defeat Roman and, and defeat Suetonius, Rome would have probably just said, "Well, we just won't go north of the of um, Gaul." Uh, which is modern day France now. Yeah. You know, the Romans seem to take on very natural borders to the places they conquer. And Britain is one of the outliers in that. It's one of the places outside their empire that you can't reach by a road. And it seems like the cost to uh, maintain it and keep it or retake it is much higher than holding on to Gaul or Spain, mm-hmm. or Greece, because you can take a legion and just march them over there. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's interesting that it, it's it's an outlier in that it doesn't make a, a lot of sense for the Romans to continue to hold on to it if they happen to lose it. Mm-hmm. And and who knows? I mean, and because really, yeah, Caesar invaded Britain when he was doing his, uh, his Gallic Wars. But I mean, at most it was kind of just setting up some ports and, and not really a conquest. They really didn't get taken, like conquered until Claudius in 40 AD. So at this time they'd really only been under true Roman rule for about 20 years. Um, so I, I think it would have been possible that you would have had this 
kind of independent, these independent isles of Celtic peoples kind of left to their own devices for a few centuries, really until possibly four or 500 AD. And I think because the reason England was able to be conquered by the Saxons and Angles was because there was this huge vacuum after the Romans pulled out. And so now you have, you don't have this vacuum. You now have these Celts who've lived autonomously and independently and whether or not Buddha could could have united them more is to be seen. Well, so there is a vacuum. It's just a vacuum in 61, 62 AD. Yeah. Are the the Celtic Britons able to fill that vacuum themselves or do the Picts fill it? The Angles and Saxons aren't, you know, this is too early for them. So do the Celts fill their, their own vacuum then? Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. I, I and I think and here's where it gets kind of fun, is if Rome leaves and the British Isles, so I'm gonna count all of England, Scotland, Isle of Man, Ireland, all of them, they kind of become this over time, this one Celtic nation, this one like truly Celtic people. I think it would have been fascinating to see how that developed because you wouldn't have English as a language because English is not English. English is a combination of German, Latin, Celtic, Scandinavian. Like it's all these other languages thrown together. They got mixed into Britain. Um, So you wouldn't have an English language, which is so funny to me is that everybody in Britain would be speaking Gaelic or Brythonic still, or Cornish or, or, or some der- derivative of yeah. that. And then another thing is, and this is getting really kind of down the road, when the new world is discovered, does, does this Brythonic nation start putting colonies in the Americas or are they, do they never rise well, to the superpower status or, or what happens there? Does America, yeah, I mean, that does would, America that would speak be the- Celtic or does or does France assert its primacy, or Spain, or or some other, or or well, Am- I mean, Amsterdam? You've got, you know, at any point, if if the Celt the Celtic peoples are united, if they have their nation, uh, do the Normans, do the Scandinavians, do the Anglo Saxons, Angles and Saxons ever attempt to take it over and succeed or fail? Um, if they succeed, they have a united group ethnic cultural group that they have to basically oppress, which is going to be very difficult to do or they fail. And that, that nation remains the same, whether it becomes a superpower by the time uh, we understand the United Kingdom to become a a superpower. I mean, who knows? Um, You know, I, I, I think part of the British tradition of being seafarers comes from their, their Norman and Norse roots. Oh, absolutely. But, but you know we don't. I, I don't know much about the Celtic, you know, seafaring traditions, and so does that develop into? I mean, Britain lends itself to being a seafaring nation, so it's very likely that they do. But um, you know, if if they aren't the superpower they are, Spain and France, the well, Netherlands, and, and it's not can like, dominate more. And it's not like if Britain defeats the Romans and pushes them out of England that all communication with Rome stops. That, that doesn't happen, even with nations that Rome had warred with multiple times. I mean, Germany, they even the, or the German tribes, they still continued to trade with them. 
and still continue to, to communicate with them. So I think it's very possible that this this Celtic Britain continues to trade with Rome. And as they do, they get the technology and learn how to yeah. make steel. And then they learn how to make better ships. And they learn how to do different horseback um, instead of using chariots and, and, and all these different things. So they, they develop technologically <clears throat> to where they can become their own force. Now, whether or not they get into these continental wars with France and Spain, I don't know. But it would have been, I mean, the New World's getting discovered. The New World is getting colonized. That's going to happen. And whether or not what we know of is Britain sends over a bunch of Celtic colonists on the Mayflower to Plymouth Rock, or it's, it's just a funny concept to me that instead of instead of a nation of 300 million people speaking English, we'd all be speaking some form of Gaelic uh, with a nice brogue. I just I don't know. I think it's fascinating to think of. I mean, how we already have more. We already have more Irish people in the United States than Ireland does, mm-hmm. which then lends a question. I thought, well, St. Patrick's Day would look different, and it would look different because does does a non-Roman Britain adopt Christianity? Yeah, uh, but, and, when and, it did, I, and I think they do eventually. I don't know if they do. Like you said, there's still trade, there's still yeah. communication, but if you, you said the Romans were there until 400 some AD, yeah. by that time the Roman Empire has become officially Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church in its form is going to be... Patrick himself is a Roman Briton. Yeah. He was abducted by the Irish, and, and that's how his story began. But he was a Roman Christian Briton. Um, so it would be a very different, the Christianity or Christianization of of this free oh, Britain would, would have been and very also different. also then of Scandinavia. Exactly. Because the Christianization of, of the Norse peoples came through England. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of little pieces to this. Um, just from this one rebellion that, that had it been successful, uh, we see a lot of things happen the same, just on a different timeline, maybe with a different language. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're going to see geography is going to dictate a lot of history. Yeah. It's going to dictate a lot of conflict. Um, so some of those things are still going to occur, um, just matters, uh, a matter of time and, and, and language. Cause I think those two are, are two important pieces. Yeah, absolutely. Any, it's a, it's just, it's kind of a fun rabbit hole to run down, uh, when you look at it at all the possible, just yeah. because the impact of England on the world is so huge that if England isn't actually England and it's this Celtic Britain, how does that shape world history? And it it would be, I guess, incalculable to really look at how different our our history would be. Yeah, because you have to determine <clears throat> um, the other superpowers that England comes up against throughout history. One being France, one being Spain, the other being the Netherlands, um, or the Dutch, eventually the Germans, um, and then I mean. You can say what you want about American history, but our history, our law, our culture is so heavily influenced by the British and by the English mm-hmm. that either A, it's, it's, it's now dictated by a Celtic people, or B, it's, it's French, or it's Spanish, or it's Dutch, or it's something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. considers Portuguese is spoken... And like what the fourth or fifth largest nation in the world, mm-hmm. but 
that's not its primary language. Even English, you know, the United States 350 million people, but comes from this small island. And that's just how history kind of goes sometimes. Yeah. All right, well, that wraps up this episode of What If? Dadbot yeah. History. Can't wait to talk to you guys next time. <laughs>